great events create great brands. And it takes a village to put on an event that engages, excites, and connects audiences to your brand. And we're that village. I'm Alyssa. I'm Paulina. And I'm Rachel. And you're listening to Great Events, the podcast for all people interested in events and marketing. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode on the Great Events Podcast. This week, we have myself, Alyssa Peltier, and also our other host, Paulina Giusti. Hey, Paulina. Hey, everyone. How's it going? Good. I finally have my voice back after a conference experience and long weekend, but excited to chat today about our experience at SEMA Summit. Yeah, exactly. That's what we're here to talk about. We just got back. Paulina and I spent three or four days. I don't know. I lost track of tra- lost track of time in Nashville, um, but about four days in Nashville attending the SEMA Summit, which is a conference that's uh, annually supported by an organization that Cvent partners with called SEMA, Corporate Event Marketers Association. And they hold an annual conference, various locations about the country. This year, Nashville was the chosen destination. And it's got approximately 400 or 500 people in attendance, I think made up predominantly of, as the association name implies, corporate event marketers, but there's also like Cvent suppliers to the industry, whether that's from event technology, there was a lot of production groups, agencies, even brand, brand agencies there as well. And ultimately all of us are in the business of helping to create these amazing event experiences for the corporations that we support. So it was. Paulina and Mai's first time attending. We also did a couple other things that we're here to talk about. But really, like we've done with other conference digests, trade show digests, we did this for, I believe, MPI a few weeks ago. I think GBTA is on our roadmap of episodes that we're going to do. Just kind of want to unpack the event for you guys, talk a little bit about the trends that we're seeing from some of these major conferences that are back up and running now that we're in person again, and a little bit about our experience. So with that, Paulina, I wanted to get your kind of perspective on just attending an event for the first time in a very long time. A little caveat of of history here. When I started with CBEN in 2014, I was managing our participation at trade shows and industry events. And SEMA Summit was one of those that was in my purview. So it was really interesting all these years later to be able to attend as an attendee. It was wonderful. But something that you know you and I laughed about on site was like, I don't even know how to attendee anymore, right? I've been so behind the scenes and quite frankly. Frankly, I haven't been to an industry show in a really, really long time. So I found myself being sort of apprehensive or just feeling like I needed to like dust the rust off a little bit to figure out how to like, what's the first step in networking, you know? And obviously, you know, we have the badges and the lanyards. And my first question, of course, when we check in was, what does the red lanyard mean? And it's like, oh, it means you're a first timer. And I'm like, great. I'm wearing my <laughs> scarlet letter as I walk in. But it was fun. I mean, I, I had to tell you, though, it was exciting being gathered in a room full of peers that I wasn't putting an event on for. And I found so much validation in the conversations that were shared on site. I think there was enormous amounts of inspiration. I think the SEMA team and their partners and sponsors really provided valuable opportunities for us to take away and and implement certain ideas into our own programs. 
And it was an opportunity. I we'll, we'll get into this later in the podcast, but it was an opportunity to kind of rekindle relationships that I hadn't had in a couple of years. And I walked away feeling really great, you know, inspired, you know, feeling like I was sort of one with the sentiment of the industry for the most part. And lots of goodness came from it. Well, what I thought was really interesting too, is I think they talked about this on the main stage is in the interest of creating experiences. And that was really kind of the, like the theme, the undercurrent of everything that was being discussed was like how to create amazing experiences in this post pandemic era is acknowledging the attendee sentiments and that not only were like you in this instance and myself, a first time attendee with this conference, but in a way, everybody's kind of a first time attendee kind of getting back into the how to network again, how to consume content again. And they were talking about how they have adapted their agenda or they're acknowledging that people need more breaks. There's more of an emphasis on mental health awareness. There's more of an emphasis on just like there can be too much socialization right now that like this, like the the immersion into networking is a little bit more staggered in this post pandemic time. And I felt myself needing more breaks too. What was also really notable about uh, Pauline and I's attendance at this event was that we were also speakers too, which happened to be the first time we were speaking one together ever in person, right, Paulina? That was the first time ever, other than obviously this podcast, but this has been very much a virtual endeavor. But yeah, it was the first time we've spoken together at a conference. So that was also very exciting. We had some survey results that we shared out with the attendees. But even that too felt very overwhelming. And that's what we were talking about just now as being a first time attendee. We felt very much like first time speakers. So Pauline and I spent a lot of time outside of the conference prepping for the delivery of this. And I don't know if you wanted to comment on any of that experience too, Paulina, just from the first time perspective. I certainly had myself a little worked up, I would say. So it was nice that there were these significant breaks in the agenda for us to sort of gather ourselves and prepare. But I think just being in the room of our peers and Alyssa, you've been in this role that we were sort of presenting to before. I feel like we both sort of found that the stories that we shared, the stats that we were doing a readout on, all the hard work that we put into the presentation was, I think, very much validated by the audience. And it was just great. It was an engaging conversation between the two of us, which at the end yielded some great conversations, people coming up to us and asking us questions. So as far as it goes from a speaker perspective, I thought it was it was wonderful. It was challenging and it felt great to kind of exercise those gears. It's been a minute for me to present in person on stage. So I absolutely loved it. I shared the similar sentiments. We both kind of got ourselves worked up, as you would say. I was the anxiety attack, but agreed. We did really well. And, and there was also a keynote the day after we presented that was very much about taking the ball and running with it and stepping out onto the stage, if you know, proverbial stage, if you will, that I think motivated us and really made us feel good about, you know, taking our professional development to the next level with doing some of these speaking engagements. So that felt really rewarding to have participated in that capacity too. Okay, so that's enough about kind of us and you know what we were doing on site and our experience. We really the, the focus of this podcast today was really to get down to some of the big themes that the rest of the conference attendees were talking about. So we jotted some of those down here, wanted to unpack those. I think the first one for me, and I heard this across the conference, and it was, I don't want to say pretty eye-opening to me, but interesting that the sentiments are still continuing on even this late into 2022 is the conversation around 
just the resignation and resourcing going on within the meetings and events industry. And Paulina, you are a leader within our meetings and events team. So you're probably feeling this a little bit more firsthand than I am being a little bit more on the outside looking in. But, you know, how are you guys handling that from meetings and events team at Siva? Luckily for our own internal team, we have been able to do a fair amount of hiring or rehiring over the last 18 months. And I think for us, it's really been a matter of this, you know, continual upskilling and and making sure that, you know, we're staying in lockstep with what the industry is expecting of both the traditional role and sort of this new evolved role. And a lot of the sentiment that we heard on site was, I need more resources. Our teams are at bandwidth. Our teams are doing the traditional roles work plus this amount of work plus this, right? And so I certainly empathized with it. I could feel my heart rate kind of escalating as I heard some of the questions that were coming from the audience asking to the panel on this particular general session. And I think there were some sentiments around, you know, this has been a renaissance experience. There's this sort of, I think the sentiment shared on stage was this was the great equalizer. And in our conversations in the in the audience, you and I were kind of looking at each other and I was like, ooh, I don't know if if the playing field is is exactly equal right now. I think to use your words, Alyssa, this has been a great exposure and it's exposed so much of what this traditional event marketer, event planner role has been. And then what we're kind of expected to do, carry, execute and manage now with the sort of convergence of, of virtual and in-person experiences. And I think our team is certainly, while we might not be juggling open head situations, we are juggling an enormous amount of workload. And it's a different kind of workload. It's data-centric, it's strategic, it's you know still very much creative. And I feel like what we're having a difficult time in conversations with perhaps management or the executive team is articulating that new amount of work or that new increased amount of scope. And just hearing some of the conversations that are happening at other major you know, enterprise organizations was so validating knowing that, okay, well, we're all clearly doing something right because we're expanding our scope, we're taking on new roles, we're upskilling, but at the same time, we need to be sort of approached or we need to approach the role differently. It's kind of an up profiling, if you will, of the position. I think you and I have used those terms. And it left me feeling with a lot to come back to with my team in terms of let's think about how we prioritize projects, programs, tasks. It is not, you know, I think the biggest takeaway that I want to make sure I'm communicating upwards and outwards is that we aren't just logistics. We use this term throughout our our presentation, logistics or tablescapes. And we are talking the data story. We're understanding the value of engagement data points or, you know, it's not just about satisfactory survey reports post-event. It's really digging into that and how it's impacting our pipeline and lead nurture process after the event. And I feel like it's a lot to talk about. And it was just really validating to hear that these other organizations and teams are going through this sort of same evaluative process. To go back to the the great exposure, right? There's this great exposure to opportunity within this events channel at large. And now that we have even more formats that we get to juggle with, I think that's been the opportunity. It's like how amazing that 
events are like claiming so much mindshare and budget of the marketing function. At the same time, there's been this great exposure around how not to be in a negative light, but how immature the function is compared to other marketing functions. And this was definitely something that we talked about in our session was looking at how digital teams are structured or how demand gen teams are structured. There's significant subject matter expertise and like a diversity of the roles that exist within those spaces. And I think for many years, we in the meetings and events function or in the events channel, to put it in the marketing category, there's been an emphasis on being able to do it all or wear all the hats or I don't know, juggle all the plates, whatever like ridiculous thing that you say when your organization, that's probably not going to get you by moving forward. You shouldn't be looking to hire somebody that can do it all. You need to be looking for somebody that can serve the specific need of your event program, which could be data analytics, right? Like you might need to start getting that specific of a role an event technologist, or even perhaps just somebody that's building out your registration experiences if you have you know, complex needs around that, or your websites, or think of all of the diverse roles that you could specialize in within meetings and events that we've had the tendency to try to do it all. Clearly that model is breaking now because the organizations and the, the departments are being asked to do all of this stuff with the same types of skills that they've had or generalists that they've had. And that's not necessarily functioning and certainly leading to some resignation because you can't do it all. Not every planner from 2019 is going to be able to do all of the things that are expected in the 2022 timeframe. And I think there needs to be an, that's okay. Your 2019 planner should stay on your team. They're a subject matter expert in some space. Let them hone their craft in that area where you might need to bring on some digital expertise or whatever it is, wherever your gap is. And then, of course, being able to vie for those resources at the top, I think that's part of this maturity of the channel type conversation. So really interesting first trend that we saw, and that was very much loud and clear across the industry. The other one that just to you know stress what we've been saying on this podcast the last few weeks, in-person's definitely back. We know that this group was very excited about that. They love the tactile experiences. It was very clear many of these people are conference planners. So they're used to large scale, the large gatherings, the bringing the people together, having amazing keynotes, big networking environments. But there was a sentiment that digital, and I stress the word digital, is here to stay. And that doesn't necessarily need to be in virtual events capacity. It doesn't necessarily mean hybrid events, but that this kind of digitization of events is part of the narrative. And it's the reason why there's more analytics tracking that's being involved. There's more, what can we do with mobile apps to facilitate pre or post event engagement or web platforms? I think there's just this like, again, not to stress our, our session, but this extreme experimentation that's going on, but it's this, how do we use this digital as a enhancement as opposed to just a have to? I don't know if you have anything to add to that, Paulina. No, I completely agree. I mean, even some of the activations historically that are very tactile, like you were saying, there were interesting photo ops, you know, there were sort of these functional photo ops that are very much catered towards having a great headshot or a professional headshot. But linking all of that, accessing all of that through either the mobile app or having it delivered to you in a digital format or a lot of the takeaways. I think there was a really cool activation and I'm blanking on the wonderful partner that they had on site, but it was almost these like robot 
designs that they had. And, and it, it's just this infusion of tech and the digital space and how it can continue to add value to the in-person experience that I think shouldn't get lost in the conversation when we talk about the mix of events, virtual events, right? I, and I think that's what we're really trying to drive home is the digital piece is really a connector to extending the longevity of the event and the experience. At the macro trend level, I don't think this was a huge uh, current felt within the event, but it's certainly something that I'm watching just kind of on the daily news cycle is just all this discussion about metaverse and what that means. And I think there's just this interesting digital environments and this like digital enhancement of our human existence really is something that's going to start to permeate events. And so, I mean, we're talking very much at just mobile apps and web interfaces and how we all connect all of these different environments and different spaces that we engage in. But it's, it's interesting that, that there is that, that kind of larger macro trend that's kind of trickling down into our event experiences in a much more tangible way, right? It's not, we weren't talking metaverse on site, but we were talking digital environments. I mean, it came up and people are still like, I don't know what to think of it, or we're just dipping our toe into how we can promote or host events in, in the space. So I feel like we're starting to get into the conversations. But certainly, I think the whole thing too, to discuss here, and that comes back to the first trend is like the expectation in the next 10 to 15 years for an event professional, an, whether you call yourself an experiential marketer or an event marketer or whatever is that there is a digital component to this now. It's no longer, like you said, Paulina, the table stakes of F&B orders and sourcing a venue. <laughs> you might be sourcing a venue in the metaverse. Like that is actually something that might be part of this role in the future. And these conversations are, again, at their infancy, but it's something we should be aware of that's where our industry is headed. And I think that's a very it might be a little intimidating space to be in, but there's something very cool about what's happening in societally and how that influences our meetings and events programs moving forward. Uh, the other the other piece, and, and this kind of goes back to because we have these digital platforms that are extending the time continuum of our events, events are no longer confined to the event dates. You now have this opportunity to engage before and after is this notion of being the community manager or community facilitator. I don't remember the exact words that were used on site, but community, just the term community was used a lot. And so not just facilitating great experiences, but that this events function is truly a great connector of people, which I think was a controversial term, right? Because there is a little bit of there is a role in the organizations and many uh, we have an, a, a community manager. So does that degrade or erode from the traditional experience marketer or event planner? I know you had some thoughts on that, Paulina. At first hearing it, it didn't sit well with me. I feel like it's just one more layer, one more task, one more project, one more program that is being layered onto this significant workload that I think event marketers, experiential marketers already have. I also like to view events as an opportunity. And yes, we are extending the longevity and duration, if you will, of what event experiences are. But I do think that the here and now moments of events are an opportunity to bring communities together. And I don't necessarily think that we're, as the marketers for those particular events or programs, meant to also continue to nurture those communities beyond those experiences. For us, I like to think of it as like 
an opportunity, like moment of impact for those communities to come together, to network, to acknowledge, share, idea exchange, what have you, and then nurture those communities by way of attending our event. So to me, it's a very collaborative opportunity, but I don't see myself or my team managing that beyond the experience of the event. I think that the piece to like really stress is more of how we're looking at our audiences now, that they are communal and that there is this bigger picture at play and that the meetings and events are integrated as part of that, as opposed to, and, and I'm sure this was kind of understood, but now we're talking about it as this like comprehensive plan of how do we activate, how do we engage for 365 days a year and events do play a part in that. And so I think that's a great opportunity for events to be more collaborative, to be more integrated into a broader marketing mix where we understand the role that we play and how it fosters something or that there's something happening before it and that there's something happening after it, whether that's consuming content from your demand gen teams, whether that's engaging on your website or whatever, whatever that, you know, the engagement plan is pre or post that events are part of it and that there is this handshake or a handoff with another team that then has to, like you said, Paulina, nurture or foster that relationship further so that they can then come to another event, whether that's training or a seminar. But there's this much more comprehensive or complex ecosystem that we've been fostering that we weren't conscious of for a really long time that we're now talking about in the context of community, certainly customer community for this corporate group since they're very much focused on the business side of things, right? Nurturing new business relationships, reaping more value out of the accounts that are engaging with them. But it's an interesting thing because I don't think community would have been a term we would have been discussing as heavily again pre-pandemic. And I think part of that has to do with this notion of digital convening and coming together with these more analog experiences like the meetings and events channel. So there's, again, interesting dynamic at play there too that is worth exploring and discussing and seeing what happens with the programs and also technology providers that are emerging in the space that can help facilitate that handoff even more seamlessly in the future. Okay, so the last one here, just to stress, I think you've heard us say this throughout, is that what got me really excited, and I don't know if I've discussed this on the podcast before, but my background initially before I really got into marketing was I was a graphic designer. And so I felt really excited to be around people that really wanted to talk about being creative again. We spent a lot of time the last two years really trying to just do and execute and get things done and the P word and doing all the things to just have throughput. And what I felt very refreshed by was being around all of these people who were super creative. And they were trying to experiment and try new things, but tell stories about their brands to create these amazing moments. But it was all with this creative emphasis. And I just felt really inspired to be in that. That's a personal note. But I just think to like always get back to our roots in this industry to acknowledge like that's kind of the common denominator of meetings and events is that you're around all of these people who love to make stuff and make things happen. And the more we can kind of lean into that sentiment and find more people like that, I think our ideals will really flourish in this new environment that embraces digital, that embraces in-person, and will reap the results for our organizations. But just embracing that creative mindset, I think, is something that I got very motivated by being at SEMA. That was beautiful. 
I loved that. (laughs) That was for you. (laughs) And I know you share that too, Paulina. And it's why we're kindred spirits in that way is we both love to never shy away from a brainstorming session, right? Like I think for now and in the future, I think even in a, in a remote work environment, which, which many of us are now still in, or we forever will be embracing those moments to exchange ideas, whether that is in a conference setting or whether that is in a virtual whiteboard where you just got to jot ideas, but just reminding ourselves that that's why we really like meetings and events is that we get to make things And we get to tell these stories and ignite that passion for our work again, which I think, again, going back to that great resignation, a lot of people were suffering because they weren't able to exercise that muscle. So if we can get back to that, I think that that was kind of my key takeaway from the conference is finding that passion for creativity again. If I were to summarize my key takeaway, it would be pretty comparable in terms of, you know, seeking inspiration for future event programs that myself or my team manages, Alyssa and I have talked about, I am so passionate about connecting people and creating memorable experiences. We were laughing and she was like, when you had a dinner party the other week, I couldn't help but like take notice of how intricate your tablescape was. And Martha Stewart would be proud. <laughs> she, she would be, I would hope. But for me, it really is a matter of creating a safe, comfortable beautiful environment for people to just get to know each other. And I think these types of conferences, industry conferences that are able to connect peers within the industry are some of the more beautiful and exciting events that we have the pleasure and luxury of being able to attend. And for those who budgets are slow to return, for those who aren't able to join in these events in person, it's an opportunity like right now on the podcast to like send us a question, a follow-up email and say, gosh, you know, I haven't had a chance to go back to an event, but just hearing you guys jive back and forth about how impactful it was, or if you're looking for ideas, just kind of don't hold yourself back. I mean, even if you were to scroll through SEMA Summit 2022 hashtag, you'd start to like visualize and understand how much of it came together and how inspirational it ended up being. And I know we're kind of running out of time here, but I definitely feel like we would be remiss if we didn't call out the final general session, the singer-songwriter general session, where they had four really well-known, successful songwriters in the country music genre join on stage. And essentially, you know, they selected a handful of songs that they were either responsible for or contributed the lyrics to. And what they did was they sort of strummed along and told us the story of how the lyrics came to be, how the song came to be. And they were total storytellers. They were very much doing what all of us experienced producers, marketers do, and doing it with their own sort of lens. And I mean, I was bawling in the audience and I'm a huge country music fan. And even if you weren't a country music fan, if if country music is the bane of your existence, you were moved because they were telling you either a light story, a heavy story, a dark story, and how that kind of came to fruition in the form of art and experience. And it was awesome. And I just felt like I left lighter and I was like giggly and it was just super inspiring. I mean, I immediately slacked my entire team and said, watch these videos. I, of course, took a ton of videos. Watch these videos. Tell me if you're inspired and and gave them the whole spiel about how this session kind of 
came to be and and it was wonderful. So tap into other opportunities if you're not able to join in-person experiences quite yet because there's still so much inspiration out there. And as an industry, I think we do owe it to one another to knowledge share and continue to foster those kinds of connections. I think one of the best takeaways, and, and I'll, I'll kind of lead us out, Alyssa, is that we made some really great new connections, new relationships. But one that I'm super excited about is we rekindled a great connection, a great relationship with a wonderful agency that we've worked with in the past and really excited to feature them on the podcast for our next episode. So if you enjoyed this conversation, I know you're going to definitely enjoy our, our next episode talking about rekindling relationships, where we are in the industry and some great innovations that we're seeing come down the line. I love all that. All right, listeners, that's a wrap for today. We'd love to hear from you. Like Paulina said, we love hearing from the audience, getting ideas from you, themes, topics, what you're struggling with, what you're embracing in this new landscape. And we hope that you found our chat today impactful as well. Maybe got some inspiration or jotted down some takeaways that could inspire your programs. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Great Events, a podcast by CVM. If you want more resources on how to make your events great, go to community.cvent.com. That's community.cvent.com. Or if you've got a question for us or just want to say hi, email us at greatevents at cvent.com.